0: I'm glad y'all are here this morning. We are still in the foundational principles of the church. You can turn to Ephesians 2 and also Hebrews 11 because today we're talking about, I won't even try to say it in Latin, faith alone, all right? Uh, We're going to talk today a little bit about faith alone. And so as we turn there, I want to read these uh, few brief uh, scriptures. Um, I'm going to uh, just take three verses. Usually I like to take a passage, but of course it's a topical sermon, and so um, I'm going to have to skip around a little bit. We'll look at a few more verses in this. But last week we talked about Ephesians 2, all, 1 through 10. I just want to re-pull out verse 8. and There it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing It is the gift of God. That and this is not your own doing refers back not only to the grace but also to the faith. Both of those things are not of your doing. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the the chapter of faith uh, because it lists out many of the Old Testament heroes of faith. And in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not Seen And then skip down and look at verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, talking about God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, just stay in Hebrews because we're going to look at that, look at Ephesians at the end. And uh, these foundational principles, and you might say, you know, that's not typical what we do and why are you uh, doing that? Uh, it's important to understand these are some of the way, basic ways we understand what the Bible teaches. And we need to hold on to those because it eliminates so many things that aren't real. You know, sometimes when you're trying to figure out a truth, one of the first things you do is eliminate what is not true, right? You just figure out, wait, well, that won't work, that won't work, that won't work. And same thing is sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in one, it's called a brainstorming session. And that's when you figure out, well, Okay. What are? How can we do this? What are we going to do? The very first idea that should always come forth in a brainstorming session is we could do nothing. That's true. We could. That is an alternative, right? But it's a bad one. You always need to be doing something to solve a problem. So, but you just say it, get it out of the way. Same thing in our faith. When when we understand, I saw, I saw a, a car the other day, place I was going in, and it had uh, one of those. Um, like decal stickers on it, not a not a bumper sticker, but a little decal-like thing, and uh, you might have seen it. You know the Christian fish, and you might not understand that the Greek word for fish, the initials of that word in Greek are the first letters of the phrase Jesus Christ, God's Son and Savior, and so early Christians would use that symbol, especially under persecution. And they would have some kind of staff or walking stick or their toe. And when they'd be in a group and they would think that guy might be a Christian, they would just kind of draw look like a little curved line. And if they were a Christian, the other guy would finish it and make the form of a fish. And then that was like a secret code to know, oh, you're a believer too. And they could go off and talk. Well, I saw one of those fish, but it had feet on it and said Darwin in the middle. And I wanted to find the owner of that car because I was going to say, you're a Darwinist? So they would say, yeah. And I'd go, man, I always wanted to meet you because I don't have enough faith to be a Darwinist because it is a belief in no scientific fact. (laughs) Christianity is a belief in known facts. Now, faith is not a, well, a Sunday school teacher asked her class of little boys, what is faith? And one little boy said, it's believing something you know ain't true. That, that is not faith, all right? That is, that, is what, that is what most people think. They think it's a blind leap into the dark. It is not. It's understanding what God has said and putting your trust on that. And the father of the Reformation, where these phrases kind of come from, was a man named Martin Luther. Now, there were men before him that were preaching the truth and, and trying to help everybody understand the truth, men that came after him, but he's kind of the, the most famous and recognized that way. And, and I want to tell you a little something about Martin Luther. Um, uh, he was born a long time ago, obviously, uh, and uh, his father wanted him to go into law, and so he went to, to school at 16, I think, uh, in the university become a lawyer. He didn't he didn't last long. He said it was too uncertain and he wanted to know philosophy and certain truths and so he began to study and learn and one day he was riding back on a horse back home or back to school and a lightning bolt struck very near to him and, and scared him so bad he went to his father and he said I'm going to become a monk. I'm going to find God because, you know, he almost got me, but he didn't, kind of thinking. And so he entered into into full-time uh, learning about God, becoming a monk, becoming a, a Roman Catholic priest, and he never found that peace of God. He never— felt settled that he knew what was going on. And in fact, he would talk to his superiors about it. They sent him to to Israel and he did the whole Via della Rosa on his knees, you know, tore up his knees crawling around, trying to earn his way to heaven. Well, the only people that could study the Bible in those days were monks and priests. And he's studying the scripture and he comes across Romans chapter one. And you don't have to turn there. I'm going to try to. And in Romans chapter 1, he, he read these words in verses 16 and 17. For, um, let me grab it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith and he understood that all of his all of his activities all of his self uh, denial all of his seeking after God weren't gonna, was not going to help him the only thing that would help him was a, was a faith that what God had said in his word was true, and he began to trust that. And so he began that journey that uh, the most famous part was when he, on October 31st, when he nailed the 95 things he had against organized religion of his day. People ought to say that to you. I'm against organized religion. I always say, yeah, Jesus was too. You know, he, 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 the only people he ever fussed at were religious people. He wanted us to have a relationship with his father as he had a relationship with his father. And sometimes you say, well, we're Baptist. Glad we're not like those other folks. Well, we are. I mean, all you got to do is change the order of service. In the old days, people get all upset. I mean, it used to be a, a call to worship, and that was the organ, you know, chiming the hour, bong, boom. The choir would come in and sing amen until everybody fell asleep, you know. It, and then it was three songs. There was an offering in there somewhere with an offertorial on the organ. I know about that because my sister played the organ. She played all that. And then the, the preacher would preach. And then invitation would go home. Man, if you, did the, if you did those hymns out of order or just anything, people would get all upset like you had denied the scriptures, you know. We, we're just as bad, you know. I, we, we're giving away these hymnals because they sit in the pews and we don't use them. They'll get used if you. all take them home and read them. Because when we want to sing a songs of that hymns, we just put it up here. <laughs> right. right? I've got a bunch of hymnals. I've got a bunch of different ones. That's, that's was, that one was made in the 90s. I got them way back. Y'all know there were thousands of hymns written and you only know a few of them? Uh, y- you know, you don't have to hold on to everything that's ever been written. Some, so, you know, new songs are good, new songs are bad. Old hymns are good, old hymns are bad. Here's some bad hymns in the hymn book. I'm telling you, there are. So anyhow, so Martin Luther, he starts following by faith Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you that to say you can grab a hymn book. I got several, and that's what I do. I read the hymns, I, I get a lot out of them. And so, here's what I want you to take home, is faith alone is never alone. Faith alone is never alone. In other words, we believe in faith Coming to God by faith alone, but faith that seeks God and knows God is never alone because God is with you and there's, there's more with you. So here's, I want to just get into it. So why faith alone? And I've already uh, give the hint of it. In the days that, that Martin Luther lived, there was a, a great uh, system of a doctrine of works to produce faith, to, to produce grace apart from faith. But faith is two things, and, and I want to make this really clear because we talk about the faith and we talk about our faith. The faith is the organized understanding of, of Christianity, what we believe, who we believe, how we believe it. And in fact, in Jude chapter—Jews only has one chapter—verse 20, it says, Building yourself up in your most holy faith— praying in the spirit and what what he's saying there is you got to understand you build yourself up you get your your strength from knowing what we believe and then you pray in the spirit and and The result of that faith, that understood system of belief and praying that toward the Father. But faith is also something that we personally have that we exercise. Now, the simple word is belief, right? The the simple word that we find in the Bible for faith is a word that just means believe. It means I believe in that. And so, as my uh, unknown friend that had the Darwin thing on his car, he has faith in sticks and stones and rocks, because to believe in evolution you got to believe matter is eternal and it never goes away, which we know that 's not true um, because matter is always deteriorating, so one day it 'll all deteriorate till it 's gone that 's why they give you impending doom about. The earth's going to, we're going to destroy the earth. No, we won't actually. God's going to do something with it, but we're not going to do anything with it. But anyway, it's a belief that matter is eternal. And so out of that matter, you know, some chemicals formed and got together and they got hit by a lightning bolt and poof, life was there. All you got to do to defeat Darwinism is ask. So we came from animals, monkeys. Yeah, well, where'd the monkey come from? Well, it came from a dolphin crawled out on the ground. Oh, well, where'd the dolphin come from? Well, it came out of the water. Well, how'd the water get there? Well, you see, there was this water and there was stuff in there and there. Well, well, where'd the well? It came out of some amoebas got together. Well, where'd the amoebas come from? Eventually, you got to get back to a creator, (laughs) or you got to believe matter is eternal. Now, you choose. And if you choose matter, go get you some sticks out of the yard, fell off the tree, put them up as an altar, and bow down and worship them. We worship the living God, who in the beginning, out of nothing, created everything, according to Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created. barai Elohim. God created out of nothing everything. And that is who we worship. I wasn't speaking in tongues, by the way. That's the Hebrew first verse. Okay, just telling you. Might not have pronounced it right, but that's what I was attempting to do there. So, faith is also this trust of those beliefs, okay? Not only is it a system of beliefs, it's trust in those beliefs. We can illustrate that several ways. The most famous is, I could pull a chair up here and ask you, would this chair hold me up? Sure, you'd all say, yeah, I believe it would hold me up. Absolutely, but it's not holding me up because I'm not sitting in it. Faith is when I sit in it. I trust it. I put my weight on it. And I believe that it will hold me up. And so, there was this doctrine of works to produce grace apart from faith. But also, there's another error we make, and that is the object of our faith. One of the, uh, you know, faith people, healer people, they so-called, it's really not faith. The word of faith kind of people. They said you got to have faith in your faith. People say, uh, that's in popular songs. you got to have faith. Faith in what? Faith in who? uh, Faith in me? Listen, I mess up too much to trust me and have faith in me. And I don't know anybody hadn't messed up, so I don't have a lot of trust in any of y'all either. (laughs) So faith in what? It's not faith in faith. It's not faith again like the little boy said, believe in what you know ain't true. No, it's belief in knowing God is true and what God has said, and it's trusting in him. You follow me? Look at Hebrews eleven one. I, I want to kind of help you understand this, and and I've already told you faith means to believe or trust. It says, and here's a, a, a definition. And I don't know about you, but it was a long time I struggled. I didn't understand what this meant. It, it the way the writer of Hebrews puts it. It, it might be hard to understand. Somebody explained to me, so I want to explain it to you. How, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, what is the nature of what faith is desiring? It is hoped for, and it is unseen. Hoped The word hope in in Bible language means a confident expectation. In other words, as an assurance, I know I'm going to have that. I know it's going to be there. That's hope. Faith is what fuels that hope. Hope fuels that faith. It's kind of uh, circular. And then the uh, second thing there it says is uh, hope for and things not seen. In other words, with my eyes I can't see it. Now, salvation comes under those two categories, right? Because I have been saved. There was a time when I came to Christ in faith. There I live by faith right now. I live this life trusting that God is with me. Christ is here. That's what the Bible says. He says he won't leave me or forsake me. And I trust that faith in the final time that my salvation will be completed with the point where either I die or he comes back. And I am with him because I will see him as he is. And Hebrews here is telling us, I have not seen God. I haven't seen heaven. I haven't seen that final fulfillment. I can't see God now. He's all around me. I see where he works, but I can't see him. And so faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And so faith, a good definition, is living in between the prayer and the fulfillment. Okay? Uh, if You can put that chart up. Uh, Pastor Andy helped me make that. I've explained this before, you see uh, on the far right a guy praying, and I've got some verses up there, but he is praying in truth, through the Spirit, to God. Then God hears, and he answers that prayer, either by uh, an ordinary means, I mean, you may pray for something, and oh, you got it, great, that's good, or even by special means, a miracle or just a very unusual circumstance and so faith is living between that guy praying and God answering it is the assurance of what I'm hoping for down here the evidence of things I haven't seen yet I know by faith God is real now that doesn't mean he hasn't given us plenty of evidence to know he's real but I haven't seen him with my physical eyes yet. And so I take all that evidence and put it together. And here's what Hebrews 10, 35, and 36 say. And it's very important. That's, that's the basis of this guy's prayer. Um, in, in Hebrews 10, the chapter before, and you can just look there. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And so when you pray... Endurance means I'm not going to quit believing. I'm going to believe until God answers that prayer. Now, then he gives us a list of people in the Bible that God answered their prayers. And in that list, then he says, and there were others who never saw the answer to their prayer, but they endured from their prayer until they saw God. And when they saw God, they got the fulfillment of their prayer. You following me? Many a crusader quits when they don't think their prayers answered the way they think God ought to answered it. Right? And I don't know about you. I prayed some prayers that didn't get answered the way I thought they would. And I thank God for that. Because he knows better than I know. You know, since he figured it all out, don't you think he knows better than me? So why not just trust him to take care of it? And that's what Romans uh, 8, 28 is all about. That God works all things together for the good to those who know him, love him, and live according to his purpose. And so God takes care of it. So that chart might help you understand Hebrews 11.1. 1. It is living between the prayer and the fulfillment. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Now look at verse 6 because this defines, uh, uh, shows us faith's importance. And that is the definition. And in verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I, I want to point a couple things out, obviously, about this verse. And number one, uh, in that verse, we see that um, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. So that makes faith a necessary ingredient. Any of you good folks, maybe in your early days, because I don't want to insult you, but you're making a cake or some recipe and you grab the salt instead of the sugar. Or you made it and you go, what happened? And you look back and go, ah, I forgot to put in this ingredient. Listen, you can come to church Every day, you could come knock on the door and say, I'm just here today because y'all are here, and I'm going to go in there and sit in the auditorium because that's where the sanctuary is, right? So you don't have to come here to meet God. God's everywhere. <laughs> but you could do that all your life. You could pray from morning to night and then through the night. You could never eat. You could fast your whole life. Uh, of course, you'd die soon, but anyway. You could, you could do all these spiritual disciplines. You could do all these kinds of things and die and go to hell because you can do all that without faith. Or with a false faith, believing that those works will save you. That was Martin Luther's story. He was doing all the right things, but he never had peace with God until he trusted, put faith, trust in what God said. The righteous live by their trust in God, not in their works of men. And so in, in, in verse 6 here, he says, "Faith. It is impossible to please God without this ingredient, this faith. And that faith includes these beliefs. I, I, I mentioned evolution earlier. See, I believe that if it says, if you're going to draw near to God, first of all, you've got to believe he's there. And by the way, the atheists and the Darwinists, it's funny how much they fight a God they don't believe in. I mean, I, I, I don't fight against fairies. Because I don't, they're not real. I mean, like elves, you know, fairies. Yeah, you know, woodland creatures that we've never seen. I don't say, what, you're an idiot. You believe in fairies? No, I just go, okay, he's an idiot, but I'm not going to fight him over it. Like, Just like, cool, man. Have fun with that. You know, just back up a little bit. And that's how they feel about us. But listen, the Bible says you're going to draw near to God. First of all, you got to believe he exists. And then secondly, you've got to believe that he's a God that will listen to your prayers. Right? Believe... Not only do you believe, but you trust him enough to go after him. Notice the verb in the verse. Not the verb that God exercised, but the verb we exercise. You, mo- you must believe he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. Seek him, not seek a religion, not seek an answer to a prayer. Seek God. Faith is not getting an answer from God. Faith is trusting in God. Now, you'll get an answer from God. The believer always gets an answer from God. And it's always yes. But it might not be the yes you expected because he will give you more of himself. If you, he can't give you what you ask for, he'll give you more of you, himself to endure whatever you're going through. But faith is believing in Christ and it create, and it, there's an action there where I seek God. I seek his face. Daily, I look for God Daily, I want to know him. I don't read my Bible to take off a list. I read my Bible to learn what is God like? Who is, who is this man, who say, this God who says he's my father, who put on flesh and dwelt among us? Who, who is this God who, by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, lives with me and lives in our church? Who is this, this person, these three persons that love me so much that they would let me know what their will and their mind is? That will give me the grace to be saved and then provide the faith that I could believe. That's why we do what we do. We do all this to get to know God better. And so let me show you how faith works. And that is in uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 8. Uh, I told you we'd go there. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Now, notice that he's talking about grace there it seems mainly right we talked about grace last week and if i didn't say it last week i want to say it now grace is the power of god not only to save us but to do what we ought to do Uh, we've come up with cute little acronyms for the word grace like god's righteousness at christ uh god's riches at christ's expense that's that's a common thing, many Baptists have heard that. God's riches at Christ's expense, and that's true. But it's also God's righteousness at Christ's enabling. He enables you to live righteously because he lives with you. Second Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus died to give us God's righteousness. And so faith makes grace work. In churches, and we do the Lord's Supper and we do baptism, in churches, especially the ones that Martin Luther was protesting, you get grace by those actions. In other words, we talk about grace as a gift from God. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's a gift. But they would tell you if you take the communion, you get grace. If you get baptized, you get grace. If the priest comes and sprinkles you with, quote, unquote, holy water, you get grace. And the Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. What it teaches is God gives grace. Those acts sometimes, the acts of communion and baptism, remind us of God's grace in our life. And therefore, we trust that grace, but we don't get extra grace. That's just a reminder. So as we do these works, what we're doing is we're appropriating grace into our life. When I pray, I'm bringing grace into my life because I'm praying to a God that I believe exists and that he'll reward me if I seek him. And as I seek him, he gives me what I need for today. Give us today our daily bread, right? Amen. He doesn't just give us one whole big load and then we carry that rest of our life. Every day we need him. Grace, we sang it. Every hour I need you. Man, great. That that hymn incorporated a new music. That was awesome. Every hour I need thee. It's such a good song there. But so let, let me explain that what I'm trying to say. And by the way, notice that faith is a gift as well. You don't just have faith. Faith is a gift from God. But but in fact, people say, man, I wish I had more faith. Well, that's what the disciples said in Luke 17. I won't look there. He said, if you had the faith size of a grain of mustard seed, you could say that mountain, get up and go over there, take a second more tree, pull yourself up and get, get gone, get thrown in the lake, and it'd happen. He so it's not a matter of how much faith, it's where you place your faith. All right? Now, God's not in doing tricks like throwing mountains around or throwing trees into the water, but that's the possibility. All right? If that was in the will of God, you could do it. But l- let me explain it in a way I understand it. Now, you, I, it, this, this may sound a little complicated. I'll make it very simple because I'm a simple person. I've been a diabetic for 54 years, five, four years. That's a long time, since I was seven years old. You can do the math. I'm 61. And what I've learned about, I've learned a lot about insulin. Insulin's not a medicine. It's a hormone. It's one you get, you, your pancreas makes. If you're not diabetic, you, you, you don't even think about it because your body makes it, sends it out to the liver. And your body also makes sugar out of everything you eat and sends that to the liver. And then the blood is coming through the liver going, we're out of strength. And the liver says, oh, here's some sugar, pops it in. And then it comes through, it's going, man, we got too much sugar in here. We need something to convert that sugar into energy. And the body gives you some insulin. And the insulin is there to convert sugar into energy. And if you eat too much sugar and you don't got enough, and you're not doing enough energy depletion, it's stored in fat. Now there's your diet tip. <laughs> all right? And that's why I got the COVID-18. All right? It's, it ain't COVID-19, it's COVID-18. All right. I think it's, it's quarantine 18, isn't it? But that's how insulin works. Faith is the insulin. God's given you this grace well, how do I work it? Faith converts God's power into action in our lives. Now, I understand that because I'm a diabetic. You might have a better understanding. Gas in a car, whatever. That you need the fuel to get what God has given us active in our life. And so, grace alone by faith alone. Not by, I don't get it by doing things for God. I get it by saying, I believe you exist and that you reward me and I'm going to seek you and Lord I'm going to live trusting what you said in your word and when I do that grace is activated in my life so that I can live this day to the glory of God. Well what do you do with all this? First of all I think you ought to place your trust in Jesus and not in your works. I I got several of them today. I got four today. Place your trust in Jesus not in what you can do because The Bible says in Isaiah that the best things you can do look like filthy rags in a sight apart from his working through you. And then secondly, do the works of God. In other words, love your neighbor as yourself. Take that faith and let that grace result in action in your life. If you really trust God and trust that he rewards you, then act on it. Talk to people about Christ. Love your neighbor. Do things for people. Um, Share Jesus as best you know how then diligently, diligently, diligently seek God in the Scripture, the Bible, and then live out that life. In other words, you can say, man, I want to be a better Christian. Well, you can if you're not reading the Word. This is, this is how you get to know what God demands. How do you get it active in your life? Grace through faith. You got grace, faith activates it in your life. And you can pray to God. You, you can come to church. You ought to come to church. I'm not, I sound like I was like against coming to church. No, I wish we did come every day. But, but coming and being with God's people is, is another thing to help. And other things that God tells us to do. As you do that, you seek God in the scripture. And sometimes people want you to do things that aren't in the scriptures. You got to know, you, is it in the scriptures? Sometimes we do church things in church, not in the scripture. This may come as a shock to you, but announcements are not in the scripture. But what we know from experience is we can send you a letter, give you a phone call, send you an email, a text, put it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, announce it in church and hand you a piece of paper that says it, and you'll say, when did that happen? I never heard about that. (laughs) So we do announcements, okay? So it's a practical thing. It's not a scriptural thing. We, come, we could come to church and never do announcements and it would be okay with God. all right? But you'd miss out on some stuff. So we kind of try to let you know. Especially since we can't hand you a bulletin with it all listed now. We've got to tell you more over and over. And, and that's just human nature. We're all the same way. But diligently seek God to know what He says and then live that out. And make sure you're living what God says in His Word. And then the fourth thing, i got an extra today for you. Usually it's only three, but apply grace apply faith to grace already given and repent of your known sin and then speak Jesus to others in a revival service a guy came down to the pastor and he said I want to confess my sins but I don't know what they are he said guess at them and he said guess what he guessed right the very first time (laughs) listen you're already a believer and you got issues you got problems you got needs things in your life exercise faith in the grace already god has already given you grace to handle today jesus said don't worry about tomorrow it's got enough troubles in in matthew 6:33 look at look at the birds of the air they don't sow or reap yet your father feeds them look at the flowers of the field they don't spin but No king in his royal garments is dressed like them. And then Jesus said, so don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Your father will give you what you need today. And so we can go out and eat like birds and live like flowers. Be dressed like flowers. Isn't that cool? So go to God and he's already given you the grace for today. See, that's where faith begins. That's where the trust begins. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, great is your faithfulness. Your, your grace is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day, God gives you grace for a day. And every day, you can use faith to empower that grace to be active in your life. So every day, I recommend starting your day with God. Some of you say, well, I'm a night person, and I, I like to read my Bible at night. Well, it, if you're going to read your Bible and you can only do it at night, do it. But if you at all can get up a little bit earlier or spend a few minutes in the morning with God, I recommend that. Because usually when I'm sleeping, I'm not fighting demons. Occasionally that happens. But all day, oh yeah. When I'm up and at it, that's when I really need God in my life. And so I just recommend that to you. It's not a, again, it doesn't say you have to, but David did say early will I seek thee. Uh, the dawn will find me seeking you. Jesus went out a great time for daybreak. But I think those men prayed all day, knew God all day as well. So these are just some things that can help you. Now, I don't know where you are in your Christian life. And I don't know how much faith you have, how much trust in God you have. Maybe you have none. Maybe you already are a believer. But whatever the situation in your life, if you feel God calling you, calling you out to something. I mean, all those events in Martin Luther's life was pushing him to God. And it was a little along and a little along and a little along until he saw the futility of works. And then he got... Opened his eyes to that verse in Romans, the just shall live by faith. And it clicked. Maybe today God is pushing you to himself, and today it's starting to click. Today you're going, oh, I'm getting it. That's God giving you the faith to appropriate his grace. And so I would encourage you today, even as I give a closing prayer, that you would pray to receive Christ. That's in here. That's anybody watching online. I appreciate anybody watching as well. And so today, let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord God, every act of our life is an act of faith. Lord, when we get in the car to drive to come here, it's an act of faith that we're going to get here. We understand that kind of just everyday faith. But Lord, the faith that brings salvation to our our life is a gift from you. And Lord, we, we ask, I ask right now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would speak to each heart, mine included, that hears this message today. Lord, I pray that around the world there are faithful proclaimers of the Word of God, and I pray it bear fruit. But Lord, today in the place you've given us, we ask that your message of of grace through faith would resonate in our heart and our mind. And that those who need you will right now in Jesus' name cry out to you and ask you to be their Lord, to be their boss, that they would surrender their very being to you and say, take all of me, God, take my mind, take my soul, take my spirit, take my body, take my emotions, take my finances, my job, my relationships, take everything, God, and that they would lay it on that altar for you. Lord, if there's someone who has believed in you and you're letting them know, hey, there's a, there's a room in your house you haven't let me go in and clean up. There's, a, there's an area of your life that is still not surrendered to me that Lord, by faith, they will let go of that and put it into your hands. Knowing that you'll do more with it than they could do with it themselves. And if it's harmful, it's better they get rid of it anyway. God I just ask that you would speak to our heart Lord in a way that I can't speak with words but Lord that you would take the words given and you would drive them home and that we would understand your love for us a God who not only made us but redeemed us when we went into rebellion against you and that Lord that we would trust the the gift of Jesus death on the cross that shed blood and we would come to him and die with him on the cross that we could be raised up into a brand new life of living righteously with you lord we thank you we love you we ask today that you would be honored and glorified in jesus name amen if you're listening online and you prayed a prayer like that please get find a pastor find a christian friend and let them know what god's doing in your life so that they can help you to grow in christ god bless you and go in peace in in Christ. Amen.